Okay, this is a um, comedy. It's called Daz and Pete Condemned to Rock and Roll, which is a working title. It's set in 1987, and two, two glam rock fans called Daz and Pete from Yorkshire, they find out that their favourite um, band, Judas Goat, are splitting up and playing one last gig at Go-Go's in LA. So they decide they have to go and... Um, see them but they can only afford tickets to New York because um, they're not very well off but being a bit naive they think oh you know New York's not that far from LA is it? it's probably like Leeds to Sheffield so um, so they get to New York and they end up um, staying with Pete's cousin Eddie's ex-army friend called Mick who um, used to be a bit of a thug but they find that he's now actually um, a prima donna drag queen and runs a gay bar and um, he takes a liking to Pete which Pete is quite disturbed by um, but Mick decides to help them by paying them to deliver a package. So um, he sets them, them out through New York and they end up getting lost um, and end up in Harlem. And they're quite terrified because it's not like really where they come from. But they get talking to some beat boys who are in a rap band. And um, the beat boys are looking for some rock fans to make a record, well, rock musicians to make a record with because um, they've been inspired by uh, Run DMC and Aerosmith. So they think, you know, well, maybe we could jam with these guys. So Daz and Pete ends up getting stoned with the, um, the beat boys and, and they kind of forget about the package. So they end up getting quite stoned, and then um, like the B boys are like, oh, why don't you go and um, just hitch a ride to, to LA or whatever? So they go to the turnpike, and then they realise they forgot to deliver the package. Um, but a, a lorry driver called Eric picks them up, and he seems quite, quite a nice, benign guy. So they're thinking, all right. Um, meanwhile, back at the gay, gay bar, um, Mick realises that they've not delivered his package, so he sets his tough book camp henchmen, Mimi and Lenny, on their trail. But anyway, he doesn't Peter with this t- a lorry driver called Eric, and he takes them back to their his village and um, Pete immediately falls in love with his beautiful daughter Ruth but they start to think everyone's a bit weird in the village and then they um, realise that they're actually all raving Christians um, who just really disapprove of rock and roll and um, later on um, to make things worse they open mixed package and they find it's full of drugs so um, they're like oh, it's not a good idea <laughs> around all these Christians um, but Eric actually drugs them and they um, wake up bound together and um, Eric says he's going to exercise the rock out of them so um, they're quite terrified at this point but um, Eric's daughter Ruth helps them escape but then Daz realises that he's left his Judas goat jacket and um, sees that the Christians are going to burn it so he goes back to try and get it but is recaptured um, and um, Pete finds a Slayer record and that the Christians are also going to burn so he puts that on over the PA system in the church traumatises the Christians so much that he, he gets uh, he's able to go and free Daz um, so they're running out of the village then they meet some Hell's Angels just driving down the road so the Hell's Angels pick them up and take them back to their squat Meanwhile, um, Lenny and Mimi, mixed henchmen, turn up at the Christian's village and um, their camp appearance further traumatises the Christians even more. So. But Daz and Pete um, hang out with the angels a bit, but then um, a mass brawl develops, so they decide it's, it's time to leave. So they go to a diner um, and get talking to some sorority girls and they, they end up going to a party with them in Memphis. But um, the party's full of frat boys and uh, they all start taking the um, mickey out of Daz and Pete because of the way they look and that. Um, so they think they could spice things up by um, adding some of mixed drugs to the um, to the beer keg so they do that and um, things at the party get a bit wild so um, then they leave the party and they end up getting a coach eastwards um, and they end up in a trailer park and they go into a bar and um, meet a beautiful rock chick called Roxy who they both fancy but she prefers Daz which is it's really annoying for Pete so um, he goes off 
and um, Daz and Roxy are making out in her trailer and his sleazy, her sleazy stepdad um, comes back toting a shotgun so they have to escape from there and they um, go find Pete and then steal um, the stepdad's car but they end up lost in the desert and the situation's pretty hopeless at this point because they think that they're never going to get to LA to go to the gig um, but they come across a caravan of hippies and one of whom, um, Karma Keith, is an ex-motorhead roadie so he's like, oh, I can get you into the gig because we're going to LA so... Um, so they go to LA with Karma Keith and he gets them into the gig but they're mistaken for the support band so um, they're forced onto the stage and they're like well what do we do um, so Dan tunes his guitar and starts playing a riff he's been working on it sounds a bit like Smells Like Teen Spirit so um, all the glam rock fans are quite confused but then they're like actually yeah this is quite good they get taken off the stage and um, they watch Judas go and it's like a brilliant gig and an A&R man um, was so impressed with their performance that he, um, he offers them a, a big record contract um, if they make an album for him but um, then they see Mick's henchmen and Eric the Christian and Roxy's stepdad all coming into the venue chasing after them so they decide to take the A&R man's money and um, just go back to England and they take um, Roxy with them um, and that's the end um, and I think um, what inspired me to write this is it's about um, being in love with a rock band really and you know just doing crazy things because you because you like the band so much and I think that's definitely something that I identified with when I was younger and I think a lot of people would identify that not necessarily just fans of of glam rock so I'd say it's, it's got quite a broad appeal although it's it's quite stylistically um, you know about the 80s and, and 80s rock but I think it would appeal to people that you know are outside of um, of that genre of music, yeah. And production issues, obviously, um, the whole design needs to look like it's in the 80s, and it's got quite a lot of locations. But I do feel that outside of New York and LA, um, they could um, you film film the other encounters sort of around California. It's not necessarily that you'd have to film it right across the states. Um, so yeah, that's <laughs> thanks very much. Steve, do you want to start? Oh. <laughs> Caught me by surprise. Yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Um, who, was the, who was the rock band you were in love with? Um, not, not a glam rock band, but, well, I used to be really into the Manic Street Preachers, so um, okay. all camp, of them? camp outside their room. All of them? Uh, all the, of the... Manic Street Preachers. Uh, all yeah. of the Street Preachers, not just one of them? Um, yeah, well, the, the whole band. Really, the whole band. Yeah, Lucky yeah, them. So. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, that was just, that was such fun. That was just great. Um, I would I would honestly not know where to start on that. Um, it's uh, I can see no other way of doing that than as quite a big movie. Like I mean, it's not it's that, that that's a that's a proper movie you're shooting in America. So you've got all the union things, and you've got SAG, and you've got IATSE, and all those sort of bollocks and things going on. Um, and you you um, shooting New York and Los Angeles, which are the two most expensive places to shoot in the world. Um, and it's a drug-infested, transvestite-driven, anti-Christian road movie. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not necessarily anti-Christian, but in, anti-Christian. in the 80s, some Christians did try to uh, get, get rock bands, bands yes. and stuff. So I'm not sure they're much, much different now. If you go to Central, no. <laughs> you go to the middle of America, you'll find that they'll have all sorts of problems with you. I think it's, it's, it's a great story. There's, um, there's a guy I work with somewhere sometimes in, a, in, in Los Angeles, a producer, friend, well, friend producer, what he would say, there's a lot of work to do. Um, and it needs a lot of development. And if you, what would you say is the biggest problem you've got? You know, getting someone to put the budget up against. No. It, really okay. Well, uh, the, the biggest problem you've got is casting it. 
That's the problem you've got. You haven't got any other problems. If you can get the right cast for it, you can make the movie. That is too big a movie to make, in my, in my opinion, as a sort of low-budget film. Yeah. Um, but if you can get, I don't know, you know, one of the ten actors who can drive a movie, and there are only about 12 of that scale, then, then, then you're in, in luck. Would you direct it or would you write oh, it? Oh, no, no, I'm just a writer. So. Then, okay, so, okay, sorry, I take it all back. The first problem we have, assuming that I'm working with you, is to find a director who will attract the cast, who can drive that movie. And I think it sounds rather fun. Thank you. Great. Jamie? Yeah, I'd agree. I, I love those kind of slightly random road trip, broad comedy, kind of Harold and Kumar type films. I'm a big fan. I think it sounds like you've got a lot of inventiveness in there, which is exactly what that kind of film needs. You need those kind of slightly out there characters, those random situations, but keeping it with grounded with these that very real driving motivation of this love for the band wanting to see the final gig. I think that works really well as a story. I do think that setting it in period and so on does give you problems in terms of budget and so on, which I wouldn't particularly worry about at this stage. But the one thing is when you make a comedy set in a period, the comedy has to be really, really modern. You can't, you can't kind of rely on old gags. And for me, the one thing that stood out was the whole drugs, spiking drinks and so on. I, for me, that's quite an old-fashioned kind of comedy, people accidentally taking drugs. And I think in a period film and so on might feel quite old-fashioned. But overall, I thought the comedy was really strong. I thought the pitch was very funny. I really liked the... Um, the tone of the pitch and the, that kind of match the tone of these characters, I assumed. That slightly wry, um, why does this always happen to me type feeling. And yeah, I thought it worked really well in that slightly surreal um, road trip with a very funny driving force behind it. Thanks very much. Will? I liked it. I suspect that there's a very good story there, but I have to say, from a pitching perspective, you went so quickly that, and you covered so much story and incident that, I, that I, I lost you and occasionally kind of managed to kind of get back in for some of the key gags. I suspect it's very good, but I feel like you, you kind of spat out very quickly a treatment for your film and I would have, I would have preferred you to structure it a different way and kind of extract the essences and some of the key moments um, and for us to find out a bit more about the characters. Having said that, I think I was kind of with you for a bit and for the bit where, I, where, you, where you had me 100%, I think it sounds like you've thought your story through very carefully and you're obviously a fan of this kind of fish-out-of-water, broad-caper comedy. And like, like Jamie, I'm, I'm a fan of those and I think, I think it could work. But I would, I would say maybe just pull it a little bit back because at pitches that go and then and then and then and then and then uh, it's not necessarily the best way to convey the drama and the, and the impetus of what's driving the story. And I guess I maybe would have liked to know a little bit about you at the beginning rather than the end and, and, and why, you're, why you're writing it and, you know, that you love the Manic Street Preachers or, or whatnot. But, um, but I th- I, 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 like I say, I think... It's got a lot of legs, but it's difficult for me to know because I lost you halfway because you were going so fast. <laughs> and I know it's difficult because you're nervous, yeah. but uh, I don't know if anyone agrees with me, but I think going through your whole story beat by beat, this isn't necessarily the best forum for doing that. So, yeah, that's my... And you have plenty of examples within that. I mean, there's a huge yeah. amount of material. You've got some really strong yeah, examples. Yeah, pluck out some key... You know, there were some funny mo- There were some definitely funny moments. So if you can just... Distra- you know, extracting those key moments gives us, a, gives us enough of a flavour to understand the, the generic... And tonal territory that we're in. You just need to orient us so that we know what we're dealing with and then we can look around a bit. Thank you. Wendy? I'd agree entirely actually Um, and I think it would be, I mean I I really enjoyed it as well. I think, you know, there there are elements of it which which did make me laugh. I think it would have been useful if before you launched into the entire story that you could have just said 
this is a fish out of water road movie about you know some people from X who end up in Y. I think it would be nice to sort of set that out to start with. And I also agree about maybe just not giving us so much detail of the story because otherwise it does risk sounding very episodic. And what you want to get is more of a sense of the overall arc of the film and you know what what these guys are where they are at the beginning and where, where they are at the end so rather than and then and then and then and then it's just what you know what is the story for those guys what's their journey I mean I agree the the line producer in me was was sort of screaming in pain <laughs> to use some of that as um because obviously yes it's period it's a road movie it's set in the states etc etc that really that really scared me a bit and I think you will probably be asked to justify your decision to set it particularly to set it in 1987 and I think not only you'll be asked to justify why you want to set it um, in any p- different period to now but you know why why then in particular it might be good to know a bit more about what, what's specific about 87 that makes it mean that it has to be done then because otherwise we could do it now and, and it would be achievable on a much lower budget but um, no maybe not. Hillary? I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed listening to it I think the pitch that you gave is almost for the second meeting so for the, to, to echo the others in terms of sort of brevity what would be great is to have a yeah this is a road trip this is it's set in 90 days and because to understand a bit about you about where it's come from in you and a sort of a, a condensed sort of summary version and a bit more about how you'd like how you'd like it to look how much it taps into the music of that era is is it really about music is it really about their relationship and what, what happens throughout that, and then the, the detail of that of the story is is kind of for, for, for a subsequent conversation. Although having said that, I did really enjoy sitting and listening to it. So you know, you're on a roll for this meeting number two, definitely. And yeah, we would have there would be big concerns for us at the channel. Just speaking with my my channel hat on, around it being not necessarily period, but more about being set in the states, partly budgetary reasons, but also just simply we're a British broadcaster, so we would be looking for something that tells us something about who we are as, as a nation and as a culture. And it might be that it's about two Yorkshiremen going and, and what that tells us about where they've come from. So it, it would be something to, to tease out um, as, as part of that. Fabulous. Thank you very much.